Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, we are speaking with Teresa Delgado about her recent wedding at the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin. We're going to follow up last week's show where we interviewed Susan Sutherland from Just Mary, which is the company that coordinates weddings at the Swan and Dolphin, and hear from a real live bride about how her experience was, why she picked the Swan and Dolphin, and we'll hopefully get some tips from her that will help anyone who's considering having their event at the Swan and Dolphin. So welcome, Teresa. Hi, Carrie. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's great to talk to you. I'm really excited. You're probably the most recent bride I've ever had. I don't think I've ever had a bride on the show who got married as recently as you did. So this is very exciting. I'm hoping it's all still very fresh in your mind and you'll love to share all the details with us. Oh, I will. It's still fresh. I'm still writing trip reports. So, And I haven't even gotten to my wedding day yet. So we're good. <laughs> cool. So let's just start off right away and ask, how did you guys meet and how did you get engaged? Because usually those have a little bit of something to do with Disney. And if they don't, that's okay. But it's always really interesting to me to find out how, how did you get to where you are now? Okay. Um, we actually met on the Disboards and the Adults and Solos thread. And that actually is a really cool area for people that are going as adults without kids or are going solo and there's solo meetups that a lot of those people do. So we had both put on there that we were going on solo trips and our trips crossed and that was in June of 2011. So we agreed to meet up and it was a Star Wars weekend. I was there for that and he was going just for a getaway from life and work and all that kind of stuff. So we met on June 4th of 2011 and then we got engaged on October 1st of 2011, which was Magic Kingdom's 40th anniversary. We watched Wishes from the Polynesian Beach because we were staying at the Poly. First time I had ever stayed there, so that was pretty exciting. And then we rode the resort monorail, and he said he wanted to go one stop past Magic Kingdom which confused me because I didn't want to walk from the contemporary to Magic Kingdom, so I didn't understand why we were going one stop further. And we walked off of the monorail. We went down towards the marina, towards the railing that's in between Bay Lake Tower and the contemporary, and that was where we stopped. And he explained to me that it was at that railing on our trip in June that he knew that he had fallen in love with me that he wanted to be in a relationship with me, so he wanted to ask me to marry him there. That's so sweet. Now, and I'm fascinated by this part where you guys met on the Diz. How long did you know each other, just talking over the Diz, before you met? We met on the Diz right at the end of May. I believe our first like email exchange and stuff was around May 28th. And I know I'm crazy with dates. I always remember dates. So if I'm wrong, I'm sure he'll correct me when he hears this. Um, I think it was around May, the early part of, or end part of May. And I'm kind of a 
I don't know. I guess I'm sort of a ballsy person, and I don't mind meeting people from the internet and those kind of things. And you know, plus you know, running my own website and writing on another Star Wars website and Twitter friends and writing, you know, or doing my podcasts and stuff. You get used to meeting people and talking with people. So I really didn't have any apprehensions meeting him. And I was there at Star Wars weekends with all these Star Wars people. So if anything was to happen to me, there was Star Wars people everywhere. So my cult family would protect me. (laughs) But, you know, so we just agreed to meet up. And he came over to Hollywood Studios. I'd been there um, all day because I had been in line for an autograph since like 4 o'clock in the morning or something crazy. And I was in line for a panel, um, one of the Star Wars shows that they were doing. And he came and got in line. And he, we had sent pictures of each other back and forth. We texted and we had talked on the phone. So I knew what he looked like. And when he walked up, it was just instantaneous. I just knew it was him. And it was like I had known him forever. And it's just like, you just know. Wow. And we officially started dating on July 1st, which is the day we got married a year later. So Wow. Well, that's great. So not only can the Diz tell you everything you need to know about planning a Disney wedding, it can also help you meet your groom. (laughs) Very much so. And there's luck, you know, there's actually other people like me. We have another swan bride getting married in September that is the same thing. Her name is Shannon and they met on the Diz as well. So it happens to more than just me. (laughs) That's wonderful. So now let's talk about that. How did you decide, because there's you know, Disney weddings, there are weddings at Coronado Springs, Shades of Green, Swan and Dolphin. How did you guys choose the Swan and Dolphin as your venue? Well, we were originally, of course, looking into a Disney fairy tale wedding. I decided that I wasn't comfortable with paying a deposit with no actual planning really being done. I didn't like that concept of business. I felt like if I put a deposit down without talking to a planner first and really getting a feeling for what my wedding was going to look like, that I had no guarantees that my wedding was going to look the way I wanted it to. So that was my first thing. I just wanted more control over my day and I wanted more freedom. And I know that's what a lot of people that move from doing a Disney fairy tale wedding, that's one of the things that they say. Another thing for me was that I wasn't a fan of the venues that I could use my own photographer at. The venues I really wanted if I was doing a Disney fairy tale wedding were all in park. And I am a big photography person because I do my own like macro photography and of certain styles that I like. And there was nothing in the Disney photography department or in their videography department that was interesting me at all. So... Greg, my husband, was saying, well, you know, you need to decide the things that are most important to you. So the swan came along because I saw some planning journals on the Diz, and then I looked into it, and so I made a phone call, and the decision became very easy. I had emailed them, and they called me within hours of when I sent that email. And we discussed what I was looking for. They sent me some packets of information through the email, answered every question that I had that same day. And it was that personal service that they gave me that is the reason that we switched. In addition to all of that, once they told me that my date was available, which took a couple of days, I looked at Greg and he said that I actually smiled when I was talking about doing the wedding there. And that's how we knew. 
because I hadn't really smiled when we were talking about all the options available for us with Disney's fairy tale weddings. So, you know, the smile factor, I guess. <laughs> well, that's as good an indicator as any. <laughs> so now, which ceremony and reception venues did you guys choose? We went with uh, Crescent Terrace, and we chose to do an 11 a.m. ceremony because when we had talked about Disney fairy tale weddings, we were going with a morning ceremony because the minimums were cheaper and a day, you know, a daytime, or I guess it was a weekday. And we actually, um, in the beginning, to really explain this, we were planning on getting married um, this coming December, but we ended up changing the date. So our original plans, the day was of the wedding was actually during the week because it was a December wedding when we first booked with the Swan. So it was all those things stayed the same because the minimums were cheaper with Disney. And so we chose an 11 a.m. ceremony at Crescent Terrace. And the reason we chose Crescent Terrace was because of the trees. And actually the shape of, a, of the platform is an octagon, like a stop sign. And I thought that was really super cool. And the water backdrop was also one of the reasons that we wanted it, too. Interesting. And then um, our reception and stuff is actually pretty unique. We did it at Fulton's Crab House. And um, we chose that because of the options that they were able to give us. We actually got a plated meal for lunch with crab and a DJ and the whole top deck for an incredibly affordable price. So we went that route instead of the ballroom at the Swan, which I did look into, but it was still kind of pricey. So we actually got a better deal at the at Fulton's. That's great. Now, what was it like working with Fulton's? Well, Fulton's was pretty easy. I did the initial contact, and I got the catered event stuff from them, their packet of information, their menus, all that kind of stuff. And I kind of customized a menu. I added crab legs as an option, and I added potatoes there I forget golden something potatoes I don't know and I added some options to it and we had a plated meal at Fulton's for $70 a person and they could you choose from chicken fish or um, snow crab legs and not only that there was a lobster bisque soup to start with Caesar salad and then their entree and there was potatoes and bread and each entree came with something on the side depending on which one they picked and then there was a cheesecake dessert for 70 bucks that's cool and you didn't have to have people decide in advance because it's a restaurant and it's very easy for them to you know make something different on the fly correct i still did the um tell me what you would like to eat kind of thing um just to give fulton's a head up heads up and it made things a lot easier that way but so we did do the you know on the rsvp and I did get that together, though. It was something that they said we should do. They recommended we do it. But if anybody changed their mind, it was fine. And the kids' menus were actually great because they just gave the kids a menu um, when they got there. And so they just got to order as if they were just ordering normally off a kid's menu. And then also, we were actually kind of unique. We did not have any kind of alcohol at our wedding at all. So they just served tea and water. But what you could do is you could get, you know, Coke, Sprite, all that kind of stuff. And they just let us know how much it was at the end of the reception. And we just paid for it then. Great. That's cool. And now you said you had a DJ. What was your reception like? Did you Were you announced? Did you do first dances, cake cutting, that kind of thing? We didn't do a cake because we did have the cheesecake dessert. But we were also doing a dessert party that night. 
and the reception was ending at four. So there was plenty of time between the dessert party and Wishes that night because Wishes was at 10. So we didn't do a cake because we were having a dessert party that night. So we didn't waste time doing all of that. We were announced. We did our first dance and we ate. We had some three toasts, best man, maid of honor, and my mom. And then I did a dance with my dad. I did a dance with my mom and it ended up being with my mom and my two-year-old nephew because he wanted to join in in the fun as well. And then Greg did a dance with his mom, but we segued his dance with his mom into everybody dancing. So they danced on their own for, I think, about a minute and a half or so. And then um, everyone else came out to come and join in. And then we just, we danced and dessert was served and people ate when they felt like it and all that kind of stuff. That's cool. And then you had a little bit of a break and you went to Epcot for your dessert party? No, we went to the Grand Floridian Marina. Ah. Uh, we are not big fans of illuminations. I know it's like blasphemy, <laughs> but we aren't. We are wishes um, people. So we had to share wishes because wishes was our first fireworks show together. Every time we watch it when we're there, we both, he's going to kill me. We both get tears in our eyes and, you know, we're for holding hands, you know, hand squeeze gets tighter and all those kind of things. So wishes was what we had to share. We piped in wishes to the marina. So in essence, we gave everybody at the Grand Floridian a free show, which was fine. And we did our dessert party there. And I can, I would love to talk to you about that at some point separately because our dessert party blew me away. Well, hey, let's talk about it now. Okay, we can talk about it now. So when I contacted Disney's catered events, we set up, you know, the time and going to the marina and all of this stuff. We talked about my menu. We customized our menu. We spent a little more money there because we wanted to have a good, varied dessert buffet. And But we, one thing we did not talk about was decoration. What I told them was is that I didn't want to pay any more to decorate the place. So whatever they were willing to do was fine with me. Because I didn't see the point. Nobody was going to be looking at it anyway. And we got there. I think we, I think Greg and I took the, the boat. It's the launch. So we took the launch over and we came walking up, you know, because you come walking up by Narcoozies and all that stuff and you come around. And we came around and saw the marina and our mouths dropped because they set out in the center of all the tables these little lantern houses that had glowing green lights on the inside of them. So they lit up green. And we found out later that you can change the color on the inside. So there were all these just beautiful green lights on these tables. And where the desserts were just had all these floral arrangements and all this stuff. And I was just like, wow, now that is gorgeous. <laughs> and it was just so pretty. And I wasn't expecting it. You know, he had said something about my coordinator. He had said something about, you know, we'll put tea lights on the table and all this stuff. But no, there was actual decorations and you could change the colors. That's great. It was really cool. And then on top of that, they let me take all of the Mickey Mouse 
Rice Krispie treats that had they were covered in chocolate, you know, with the sprinkles. They take all of them home, even the ones that they had under the table to refill. So that was pretty awesome. Um, they let me take other stuff home that we hadn't eaten. And then the, I guess the workers that were working the dessert party, cleaning up all the plates and stuff, one of the ladies started taking all of the little ice cube color things out of the lanterns and putting them all together, and she gave them to me. And I was like, really? Because that's so cool. I don't know what I'm going to do with them, but that's awesome. So I gave some to my nephews, and then I took the rest because, I mean, everybody wants changing color ice cubes. So I was very impressed, very impressed, because I've heard a lot of things about it, you know, in the dessert parties, and no, you can't take stuff home, and you know, you have to pay them to actually decorate and stuff. But I mean, Disney's catered events did a phenomenal job for me. Phenomenal. That's great to know. So now backing up to the wedding, um, let's talk about the setup. How many guests did you have? Well, we invited right at about 50. We ended up having about 23, including our bridal party. So it was small, a lot smaller than I had thought it was going to be. And it actually ended up being better, I think. And one of the things I noticed looking back at the piece of my wedding video that I've seen is that there was only like four people sitting in the chairs before everybody walked in and sat down. <laughs> and I just thought it was so funny. I was like, well, there you go. Everyone had an active role in the wedding. Pretty much. And so then how did you find outside vendors? Like you had to pick a DJ. I assume you used somebody for your floral. How did you go about doing that? Well, Just Mary did provide a list of vendors that you can have them book for you or you can do it on your own and, or they'll be involved as you want them to be. And my planner, Diana, I can't say enough about her. She was phenomenal. She did everything that I asked her to do. She did it timely. And if I ever asked her for anything, she was right there for me. So much so, I can even say that she's my friend now because we still text each other all the time and things like that. So that's one of the things that's very cool about them. And they did give me a list of vendors. So what she and I discussed was that I would personally contact all of the vendors myself initially and start setting everything up and CCing her on all of the emails. Once the details were taken care of, I handed the day of organization and any further contact over to Diana to take care of. So I called everybody. I set up how the floral was going to, you know, what I wanted for the floral. I did all of that detail work, and then I gave it to her so that I didn't have to deal with it anymore. If anybody had any questions for me, they could contact her once the details were done. The only ones I didn't do that with was with Randy Chapman and Stan Severance with photo and video primarily because those were two areas that I was really, really focused on and, you know, I wanted to take care of myself. So it was kind of, I did some, she did some. And my floral was done through a company called Petals by Design Orlando. Um, I had called three different places, but Petals was the most personal. They were the most excited to be involved in our wedding and really liked the vibe of my wedding, and I liked the way that they communicated with me. So I went with them, and I'm very, very glad I did because we spent about $1,600 on everything for the floral, everything from reception stuff to ceremony setup to personal floral, and 
when I saw it, I couldn't believe what I was getting for that dollar amount. Cool. You know, some of it was me, some of it was Diana, some of it was us combined. We just communicated a lot. Like she did all my linens, which were done through Connie Douglas linen. I just chose the colors. She did all the setup. Uh, The transportation on the wedding day, she set all that up for me. I didn't do it. Again, there were pieces that were me and pieces that were her and then some stuff we tag teamed. That's great. Now, you mentioned that they, that uh, Petals by Design really picked up on the vibe of your wedding. Did you have a particular theme or add any Disney touches? Well, we had Disney touches, and we, I originally wanted to have a theme, and my theme would have been Star Wars. But as it would go, the fiancé at the time, now husband, didn't want me to overdo it, and he didn't want me to make a mockery of our wedding by too much Star Wars. So I decided I would take Star Wars as being like an underlying theme and there would be hints of it everywhere without it being in your face. So the theme ended up throughout being the color scheme, which was the peacock jewel tones of purple and teal and blue and all those kind of things. So that, I guess, ended up being our theme. But we had Disney touches everywhere. We had Star Wars touches everywhere. And it was because of all those things that... Petals by Design got really excited because a lot of the stuff we were doing was very untraditional. I communicated with them that I wanted my centerpieces to be something that would sort of resemble a lightsaber. And so what they did was the really tall cylindrical vases that are sort of tapered at the bottom and you have all that spray coming off the top. That's what they did. And they put the glowing LED lights on the inside to make them glow as if they were lightsabers. So they added a lot of stuff like that. They put in basically like ornament balls that were covered in peacock feathers. And there was just a lot of little things that they were really excited about doing. And there were a lot of Star Wars touches that were a lot of DIY projects that I did. And then there were Disney touches as well. Our tables were named after the Lion King, Little Mermaid, and Beauty and the Beast, (laughs) I think. Uh Uh-oh. Now I have to think about that. I know it was Lion King. No, Aladdin. I'm sorry. Aladdin, Lion King, and Little Mermaid. And I did the table signs by getting pictures out of coloring books, and I colored them, and then I put them in frames. So there was a lot of of Disney, and there was a lot of Star Wars, and it was in the music, too, um, those kind of things. So it was subtle, but it was totally, totally there. Now, what were the three most important aspects of the event to you? It sounds like floral was probably a pretty big deal, and you mentioned photo and video, but where were the places that you spent most of your time and your budget? Photography was our number one. Um, Number one for our budget and number one for my attention. We both loved taking pictures ourselves, so we needed to find someone that fit our personality and then also someone who took the style of photography that we wanted. So photography was number one, and we went with Randy Chapman, and he was phenomenal. We went with him first for our engagement pictures to see how everything would go. And we really got to know him. He got to know us as a couple, and we all just kind of knew that on the wedding day, it was just going to really flow seamlessly. So that was good. I would really encourage that if you get a chance to use your photographer for any kind of a photo shoot. It doesn't have to be engagements, just anything. Maybe even ask them if they would do some sort of a short, you know, 30-minute shoot with you just to get a few shots for you to see how you work together because that really helps things a lot. And so photography was number one. Number two is that we actually invested 
extra money into having Diana and her assistants around for not only the ceremony, because um, you you already were told this on the previous podcast, but they tend to, they work your ceremony, the planners for Just Mary. They are available to do your reception, to do other things, but you have to ask them to do those things. So we asked Diana and some of her assistants if they would stay and work our reception as well. So we wanted to invest the extra money into that so that we didn't have to worry about anything there. And that was our number two. And then number three, I would say not focused on budget, but focused on attention was all of the little DIY projects that I did from programs to our invitations or save the dates, the guest books that I made, the signage for the reception, and a lot of other small projects like the we didn't have a seating chart, but the escort card boxes, they're little boxes that I did. I made a game out of it and our favors. I spent a lot of time doing that stuff. So that was definitely one of the top things for me. Interesting. And now, did you have any aspects that were less important where you maybe saved some money and some effort? Yeah. Well, floral was, the reason I say it's less important is because you know, it was there, but of course, it's. It, I wasn't focused on it wholly. Like once I got that done and over with, it was done, and I didn't really think about it anymore. So floral wasn't as important, and we wanted to keep our budget pretty low for that, and we just wanted something that would be pretty but not pricey. And I think we really got a slam dunk. The DJ was something else that was less important. Not less important in the sense that I didn't want to have a good DJ, but it was more of that I just didn't want to pay an arm and a leg to, for someone that would be good and solid. And we ended up going with Maria Schaefer, and she did a great job. She took all of the stuff that she and I talked about. We got on the phone, and we talked about what kind of music I liked and what kind of genres I liked and those kind of things. And she just, she knocked it out of the park. I got tons of compliments about how the music just was so perfect. And it just fit our personality. So she did a great job. And she, we didn't have to pay her an, a huge amount of money. So, And how did you find her? I found her through Just Mary. Um, that is the one DJ that Diana suggested. So I called her and we chatted and then... We sent a couple emails, and then we talked closer to the wedding, and we just flowed. It does, and it helps that she's also a um, she's a fangirl like me. She's obsessed with um, Harry Potter world at Universal Studios, um, and she loves Star Wars too. So we got along really well. <laughs> ah. And so then, did you guys add any other events around the wedding, like a rehearsal dinner or a bridal tea or any of that? We did. We had um we had a welcome party two days before the wedding. Um, which was at Fantasia Mini Golf, and they actually allowed us to use our annual passes for discounts for everyone, instead of just I think you're supposed to get like two discounts with your one pass. So they let us do that, and we played the Fantasia course, and everyone had a blast. We grouped people in groups of fours, and I did the whole thing, the teacher thing, where I put people with people they didn't know in uncomfortable situations, get everybody to talk and communicate with each other. It was it went off well, so that's good because that could be hit or miss, but that was really fun. We got a lot of compliments on that. Everybody appreciated it. And then the next day, we did a rehearsal meal at Portobello's for lunch. So we did our rehearsal at 11 a.m. at the time that our wedding would be at, so we could feel the temperature and that kind of stuff. Then we went to Portobello's 
um, at Downtown Disney for lunch, and they let us use the regular lunch menu, which was great because that helped keep down costs instead of having to use a special event menu. And then the day of the wedding, we had the dessert party. So That's great. That, that sounds like it, you had a lot of neat things for your guests to do. And now the other thing I always like to ask is if there was anything that maybe went wrong or just didn't turn out like you expected and how that was resolved. Well, I guess the first thing we could start with is the fact that I tripped walking up the stairs. <laughs> you can really fix that, but more of like play it off, I guess. Um, I'm actually having our videographer put that back in our wedding video because he cut it out. And I was like, no, 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 no. You have to leave that in <laughs> because it's so me. So as far as wedding day logistics, there wasn't anything that I planned that really didn't go well that I knew of until the other day when I saw the rough cut of our wedding video, which is just the pre-ceremony and then the ceremony. Apparently, I didn't make it very clear what songs were supposed to be playing as people walked in. My grandparents came first, and they were supposed to be coming into La Vie en Rose um, by Louis Armstrong, but from Wally. That did not happen, apparently. Um, apparently, everyone walked out to Concerning Hobbits from Fellowship of the Ring, Lord of the Rings. Luckily enough, that song is like nine minutes long, so it covered everyone. And, you know, when Greg finally walked out, it was actually a high point in the song. So it ended up working out well, but when I saw the video, I about freaked out because I didn't know. You're standing way back there you can't hear anything so you just assume everything went well and of course nobody else but me knows what was supposed to happen so I didn't find out until I think it was like a week ago but other than that there really wasn't anything that didn't really go right you know that we had we had some slip-ups in the morning and the only well I guess this will be good for swan brides so the wedding is coordinated by just Mary which is not a part of the Swan and Dolphin Resort Hotel. We, every swan bride or any potential swan bride needs to keep that in mind because the swan, when they give you a room to get ready in, there is a very big disconnect between Just Mary and the swan in that regard because when I got there at 5-something in the morning because hair and makeup was going to be showing up at 6, the people at the Swan had no idea what I was talking about, about having a room. It took about 15 minutes for them to figure out, oh, you're supposed to be in this room for this wedding. But there's two sets of keys, one with your name on it and one with another girl's name on it. And so then that had to get sorted out. And I calmly sat there and I told them, I was like, well, maybe it's because I'm getting married this morning and maybe she's getting married this afternoon. So that's why there's two sets of keys. And they looked at me like I was crazy. Hmm. Um, but that seemed like clear logic to me. And it took about 30 minutes or more for them to figure out where I was supposed to be and for them to give me my keys. And it actually took me getting frustrated enough to say, if you don't let me up there so hair and makeup can do my hair for my wedding, you're going to pay for my wedding, <laughs> you know, because I had woken up at like 4.30 in the morning and I was cranky and I needed to get my hair done and it was wedding day. 
So a little bit of Bridesley came out, but everything worked out. But that, I think that was really the only thing that was a huge kink in anything. Everything else went fine. If there was anything that went wrong, I don't know about it. I don't really need to know. I don't need to know if anything else went wrong. So that's a great tip about knowing about the potential for a disconnect between the hotel and just Mary. Do you have any other tips for someone who might be considering a swan or dolphin wedding? Well, and actually, I think this kind of works for um, any destination wedding, but everyone likes to email, and I get why, because it's polite and because it saves time and all those kinds of things. But my primary tip when you're seeking out a vendor or even a wedding planning company is to always call. Never be afraid to actually make the phone call, because the initial voice-to-voice contact is what I found key for me securing my vendors and being able to hear their voice and hear how compatible they would be with me and being able to hear if they actually had time for me. Emails to me can be very misleading sometimes because people are different with technology. Some people don't respond to emails very quickly and so to some people that means well if they don't respond to emails quickly then they aren't trying to take care of their customers. Well that might not be the case always call and anytime you have a question if you send an email and it doesn't get responded to in a day or two days then pick up the phone don't be afraid to call I called all of my vendors more often than I probably emailed them because it got them to actually talk to me and communicate with me instead of me just being a name in their inbox interesting that's a good point so um, another thing For swan and dolphin brides is to know that you are not working directly with the swan. So this goes back to the room thing. You're working with Just Mary, who does weddings in the Orlando area, and they coordinate your wedding and do your ceremony. So if you're looking to do a swan and dolphin wedding, don't look on the swan and dolphin website because you're going through a wedding planning company called Just Mary. So make sure about that because I know that can be confusing because on the Swan and Dolphin website they do have a wedding section and I don't know if it points to Just Mary now but I remember being really confused about that. Okay, good to know. One more thing that I would consider when trying to choose whether you want to do a Disney fairy tale wedding, a Swan and Dolphin wedding or even a wedding at the Ricks Lounge is to make a list of the most important aspects of the areas of your wedding. So the top things that are the most important to you as a couple or to you as a bride. Then go to all of your options. Go to Disney, go to the Ricks, go to Swan and Dolphin or any of the other options that are out there and determine what each one has to offer you as a couple. Then go back and look at it and see which one covers the most important aspects for you and the way that you want it to the most. And don't be deterred from going to a swan wedding just because it's not a Disney fairy tale wedding. It's at Disney. You get a lot of the perks of being a Disney bride. And I can honestly tell you that even though we went with a non-Disney company, I felt like a Disney princess that day. So the most important thing is that you get what exactly it is that you want and that those most important things are the things that are taken care of. So that's what I would do is weigh your options first. Great advice. Now, is there someplace online where people can go to read about your wedding and see pictures? 
Definitely. Um, we are still in the process of writing. We, me, I am in the process of writing. Um, Greg and I actually have our own. It started out as a wedding website, but we're turning it into our just family website. So it's open to anybody that wants to go and check it out. It is OurWishesDoComeTrue.com. And I'm splitting it up into 10 parts. So come and join in. It's going to be a fun packed month. That's great. Well, Teresa, thank you so much for sharing your story today on the show. I think you've offered a lot of great advice, great tips, things that are going to help people who are maybe on the fence or want to know more about a swan and dolphin wedding. Uh, The Fulton stuff was also great information. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, you're so welcome. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at Passporter.com weddings.asp or in print at Passporter.com and Amazon.com.